development is an online tool to help people work on their communication skills, because that's the number one issue in every workplace is how people interact with each other. And many people leave companies because of their direct manager and the issues they have with that person. So learning how to get along well with others is key. So this program helps people learn how to not just learn what those skills are, but to practice them on the job and work with a peer coaching partner for accountability and support. Welcome. You are listening to the Hero of the Hour podcast, the show dedicated to empowering you to take financial freedom into your own hands. Through expert interviews with decades of experience, this show will give you not only the tactical strategies of what's working in business, but the appropriate mindsets to master your financial future and build generational wealth. Heroes and entrepreneurs operate with a similar anything is possible mentality. And that is exactly what our show is about. Your host is none other than Mark B. Murphy, CEO of Northeast Private Client Group and best-selling author of three books, all dedicated to helping others plan for generational wealth. He and his team are on a mission to share their knowledge and techniques so that others can enjoy a life of financial security and freedom. Get ready to be inspired to create the life of your dreams. Let's go. In this conversation, your host, Mark, delves deep into the realm of effective communication and relationship building with Meredith Bell, a distinguished author, speaker, and publisher. Meredith brings a wealth of wisdom as she highlights the pivotal role of genuine listening in both professional and personal interactions. Emphasizing the essence of understanding and learning from others she dismantles the misconception of passive listening and advocates for active engagement, empathy, and embracing diverse perspectives. Together, Mark and Meredith explore the transformative power of feedback in personal growth and communication enhancement. They uncover the importance of fostering an environment of openness to feedback, encouraging individuals to embrace critique as a catalyst for self-improvement. The discussion extends to the significance of consistent practice and peer coaching in honing communication skills, with Meredith shedding light on the profound impact of trust and shared values in fostering enduring relationships, whether in business collaborations or personal connections. Tune in as Mark and Meredith unravel the secrets behind effective communication, offering invaluable insights that transcend professional spheres and resonate deeply within our personal lives. Enjoy the episode. Well, welcome everybody to uh, another episode of the Hero of the Hour podcast. I am proud to, to have today with us Meredith Bell. Uh, she's an author. She's a speaker. She's a publisher of an assessment and a development tool. I just want to get the the, the, the name of, of both of your books correct. Connect with your team and peer coaching made simple. Before I start, Meredith, the interesting thing I thought is in this Me Too movement that's there, we for 30 years, we call our strategy a love them up strategy. We want to love up our clients, which has become a little less politically correct, but it's not in a sexual way. It's in an appropriate, caring, loving way. And what stands out to me is that you've been doing that for 30 years as well. The word love is in your vernacular and how you treat people. I'd love to start with that because it's so rare today. Well, you know, it's one of those things that 
I have to say, thinking about your theme of your podcast and heroes, my parents were truly my heroes. And one of the things they did for us is they raised us in an environment of love, you know, in the way that we were treated. And so that's just been a part of who I am over all these years. And caring about other people, I have seen to be just an amazing business um, approach as well. I don't call it a strategy because it's a way of being. It's not something that you are doing as a tactic to accomplish something. And people sense that when you have conversations with them and they sense that you really care that's what relationships are built on i'm proud that our many of our clients have worked with us for more than 20 years and that's not an accident you know it's because of the experience they have in interacting with us and they feel that we care we've gotten to know their kids grandkids over the years and that kind of bond to me is what life and business is really all about it is interesting. There's a lot of people that have programs that go for six months or two years or three years or something like that. You obviously have programs that are going for decades. What allows people to continue to write that check and be excited to show up to work with you every day? Mm-hmm. Well, I think there are a couple of things. One is they sense our honesty initially in you know the sales process because we're a product company. And so they um, learn how our our products can be a fit for them. And they, I think, just ge- sense that genuine caring up front. And of course, they're looking for quality products. So it's a combination of the two. And then the experience they have once they've started using it, because we have a 360 feedback tool, for example. And so companies have used that over time with a lot of different leaders and employees in their organizations. And so the experience they have when they call for support to you know, learn more about how to use the product well is also very positive. And so that combination of having a, a and it's very customizable. So having a tool that they can use for different applications within their businesses and then having the support and the relationship that I think that combination of quality product with what we think of as an exceptional experience keeps them uh, coming to us. You know, I think you're, you and your firm are well known for your assessment and your development tools. You mentioned products. Why don't you explain to people watching this what, uh, you know, how that, how that came about and, and what that product and, and development tool is? Oh, well, I've been working, by the way, with my two business partners for 32 years now. So we are long-term relationship people just among the owners. And originally, Denny, one of my partners and I, were consultants ourselves. And we, in the early 90s, were looking for a 360 feedback tool. And for those of your listeners that may not be familiar with that, it's an automated way of sending out a survey about a specific individual's performance as opposed to a general survey about the company. And so you get feedback from your manager or if it's a CEO, your board of directors, perhaps, your peers and direct reports. And the process is automated in that the questionnaires get sent out, the feedback comes in and a report gets generated that helps the person receiving that feedback understand 
where their strengths are that people appreciate and want more of, but also what are some things that you're doing that are getting in the way of their performing at the highest levels? And so when they get that information, then they're able to make decisions about making improvements because we all have blind spots. And so this is a process for helping people become more aware of those blind spots and make choices for making changes that will have a positive impact on the people they're working with. So that's one of them. The other is development. It's an online tool to help people work on their communication skills because that's the number one issue in every workplace is how people interact with each other. And many people leave companies because of their direct manager and the issues they have with that person. So learning how to get along well with others is key. So this program helps people learn how to not just learn what those skills are, but to practice them on the job and work with a peer coaching partner for accountability and support. You know, a lot of people refer to communication skills as soft skills. You refer to them as power skills. Well, that's right, because there there's nothing soft about them. <laughs> they're actually, you know, they're the the core of how we connect with another person. And so I think and also what makes them hard initially to change is that when we come into the workplace, we're not blank slates when it comes to our communication behaviors. We have our established ways of listening, of giving feedback or not. And so we have to rewire our brains for those uh, new behaviors. And that takes work. It's not like learning a brand new skill from scratch. It's overriding the old pattern. So we adopt a new one that's more effective. And they're power skills because especially with listening, which I think is the most important one, very few people do it well. And so when you can learn to be a a really effective listener, you have an amazing power in, in your ability to understand another person and then be able to influence them in a positive way. And I'm not talking about manipulation there. I'm talking about understanding their needs, their wants, what's important to them, and being able to respond in a way that lets them know you got their message and you really understand what they're trying to communicate. You know, in your book, you talk about the top 10 or the top 10 communication skills. I think everybody's watching this and thinking, uh, I don't think there's anybody who's either an employee who has a, has a direct supervisor or supervising somebody doesn't say, oh, I don't want to be a better communicator. I, I, you know, they, everybody wants to do that. They just don't know how. So give us a, give us a, you know, I, I, I'd be happy if you went through all 10. But I'd love I'd love you to cherry pick at least your your favorite two or three, uh, and sure. help people to really get some some kind of hands on of, of what that would look what you know what that would look like. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, num- number one is listening, and the key with listening is not just waiting for your turn to talk, which is what most of us do. We hear somebody saying something, and then we want to respond. Either we want to give advice, or we want to fix their problem, or we want to show them why we're right and they're wrong. So. Being able to listen from a place of curiosity where I can learn from this person, it makes such a difference in how we come to the conversation. If we are are open and willing to see this person as a teacher to us, where I can learn from them 
and learn what's important to them and connect with them and be able to empathize with them. We hear that word a lot these days. It's really important to not just hear what they're saying, but to sense what they're feeling and be able to reflect that back in the way we listen. So if you came to me and you were describing a situation, an empathetic response might be, gosh, Mark, it sounds like you're feeling really frustrated about this. You know, tell me more about that. It gives the other person the opportunity to respond and say, yeah, I really am frustrated or no, no, I'm more disappointed or I'm hurt or they can clarify for you. So a really good listener is very involved in the conversation there, but they're not necessarily talking a lot. It takes a lot of energy to really listen and hear and then dive deeper with the person. Because the more you're able to do that, the more they leave the conversation feeling like this person gets me. And there are so few people that really take the time to do that, that you stand out. Do you have any advice for people that have been supervising people, sometimes not for weeks or months, but years or even decades? And and what, t- t- tell, tell, tell us what that, it's, it's never, it's, I assume you're going to say it's never too late, but is it ever too late? No. It isn't. It isn't because we can all learn. And I think the key thing when you are making a commitment to change a behavior is to be honest with the people on your team and simply let them know, I want to work on being a better listener uh, and maybe in a meeting, making sure I call on everyone as an example to give everyone a chance to speak up. So I need your help with that. People are so much more willing to jump in and support you if you're honest and share with them, here's what I'm willing to do, or here's what I'm wanting to do, as opposed to um, trying to hide, uh, you know, an area that we aren't as strong in. And people know they respect you so much more if you're open with them. And I think too often Leaders, especially those that have been in positions for a long time, are hesitant to speak up and and let their guard down, thinking they'll lose respect of people. But in fact, people respect you more because guess what? They already know these areas that they wish you would, you know, make changes. And so another key skill that I think that rises up near the top is that that whole area of feedback. Being willing to ask people for feedback and and the simple question, what's one thing I could do that would make your experience working with me better? One Wait, say that say that again. That's a very say that question. That's a very powerful question. Say that one more time. Yeah. What's one thing I could do differently that would make your experience working with me better? Well, that is powerful. I would assume that if you watch this, there's almost nobody would say, "Oh no, I've." Uh, we over communicate. We are. We don't, don't need any help here. Not my organization need, need any help there. But people will start it. But what? What? To, why does it not stick? Or what do they need to do? What, what would cause them once they become aware of this issue? What causes it not to to take in the company? We're really uh, to take hold. That's such an excellent question, Mark. And the answer is not practicing it, because if. For behaviors to actually become automatic for us, there is actually a physical wiring that happens in the brain. 
And the only way that wiring happens is by repeating it over and over again, whether it's a basketball player or, um, you know, a musician or a leader in a company learning to improve communication skills. The way to get better is to practice it and then to ask for feedback. Uh, one of my favorite books, uh, business books, is Marshall Goldsmith's book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And one of the things he emphasizes there is asking people, how am I doing? So if you've identified this one thing you really want to improve, then going back to people and asking them, have you noticed any difference? I've really been working on this. Have you seen any difference? So what you're doing with that question is number one, you're communicating to them, your input mattered to me and I'm working to do something about it. And also it reminds them because everybody's busy with their own lives, their own work, and they may or not be noticing that you're doing this. So when you bring it to their attention, you're helping them realize, oh yeah, you have gotten better at whatever it is that you're working at. But I think practice and repetition is the key. And then additional feedback along the way. And the key with feedback, Mark, is being open and gracious and thanking people for it. Because if you react defensively, justifying, rationalizing, explaining why you did something, what you're doing there is shutting down the communication because somebody's not going to come back to you and highlight another area if they feel like you're not interested in hearing it. And in fact, you get defensive and you shut them down. That's a quick way to keep your blind spots in place. Uh, that makes so much sense to me. You know, the challenge, Meredith, always is it's time, attention, and sometimes money. So it's it's sometimes the biggest cost isn't the is isn't the check; it's the amount of time it takes. Um, how can a company who said, "Hey, I think we could communicate a little bit better," how can they get involved in in this type of a process and do it in an economical way with both time and attention and money? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing is simply get resources like our books, Connect With Your Team and Peer Coaching Made Simple, and um, have people work in peer coaching partnerships as they work on their communication skills because everyone needs coaching. But in most cases, a company can't bring in a coach for every person in the company. They might do it for executives or other senior leaders, but you don't see them hiring a coach for every person. But coaching skills, some of you don't need to be certified. It's not complicated to care about another person's success and be willing to listen and ask questions and hold people accountable for things they committed to. So that's um, one way to do it in a very economical way. It helps to have an internal person who's going to serve as the facilitator to organize these peer coaching partnerships and get the process going. And we've got a lot of resources for that. We also have an online program that includes videos for these various skills. So that's another approach that still uses the books and peer coaching. But the idea is making a commitment that these are the things that are important to us. And we're going to have people invest time. And the beauty is it doesn't take a lot of time to meet with another person on a weekly or bi-weekly basis to check in and say how you're doing and what you've done. The key is practice and, and applying the skill 
on the job. And by the way, every one of these communication skills can be used at home as well. So you have opportunities to practice in every aspect of your life, becoming a better listener, getting more feedback, asking questions, showing more curiosity. Have you noticed that life is getting more and more expensive? From grocery prices to real estate values, everywhere you turn, prices seem to be skyrocketing. Well, Mark has dedicated decades of his career and life to serving entrepreneurs and professionals to build real wealth, and in most cases, multi-generational wealth. The reality is, we all have to navigate turbulent times in this economy. But the difference will be for those that have a roadmap and a customized plan for building wealth. That's why, as a listener to this podcast, we are so excited to share with you first access to Mark's newest book, The Ultimate Investment, a roadmap to grow your business and build multi-generational wealth. When you access this book, you'll discover how to know when you're working a job instead of a business. That hard work isn't all about hours put in. This will make you more productive. Why you need to live with your back against a wall. How to surround yourself with the right people who support your vision. And so much more. Go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book to get access now. Once again, go to www.markbmurphy.com forward slash book. And now, back to the show. We have, you know, after 32 years together, could you, could you, uh, do you have any stories you'd love to share or any examples of, of something where people could, could get a picture, you know, what that yeah. could look like in their company? I've got, I'll tell you, we're all, the three of us are so different. Over the years, we've come oh. to really genuinely appreciate value um, and really highlight each other's strengths. But, you know, it hasn't always been smooth sailing either because we've had, you know, either economic issues going on in the larger, uh, you know, business environment or uh, just personal things that one of us has had to deal with. But I'll give you an example that I think would really, I think, be applicable to every one of your listeners. It's a skill. It's related to the skill of listening and in particular interrupting. because. We've had issues with interrupting each other, and we finally came up with a way to really support each other in a way that holds it up without putting the person down. And so, as you can imagine, when you're having a brainstorming session, this is when we find that um, we tend to interrupt each other the most because one person says something to bring up an idea and the other one thinks of something to build on it or, you know, an alternative. So you get this energy building and you want to jump in and say what you want to say. So there's uh, an easy way, especially if you're doing Zoom meetings and you're not in person, simply saying, I wasn't done yet. Please let me finish. That simple statement said without our sarcastic tone, by the way, (laughs) that makes a big difference just is like it holds up that stop sign to the person and goes, oh, you're right. Sorry. So we don't have to get our egos caught up in feeling offended that the person jumped in, but assume a positive intent that they simply wanted to contribute and forgot to let me finish. You know, so it's that kind of thing where you can call it to the attention of other people without it being a big deal. 
without it causing issues, but simply holding it up and saying, um, you know, what, whatever version of I wasn't done yet, please let me finish. will get across to the other person. You, you could see how that could go off the rails uh, if it was in a sarcastic uh, tone or. You know, if you're from New York, it may not be quite as polite, you know, as uh, as it as it is uh, as as it is as it is in the South. What do you think the key to you know the key thing you know, there? What do you, I was going to say? What do you think the key to to a long partnership is? Meaning, half the marriages in this country, uh, you know, you know, are end in divorce. You know, I think sixty five percent I've heard of second marriages end in divorce. Uh, partnerships, I see partnerships in my thirty nine years. With folks all over the, in all different industries, and most of them not, have not stood the te- test of time. What, mm-hmm. what, why do you think your partnership has stood the test of time? Thank you. I love that question. A key is shared values. You know, we, and I think that's that's worth taking time to explore. What is it we each stand for, and are we congruent? So this whole idea of integrity, honesty, fairness, taking a long-term view to relationships, not a short-term quick fix, you know, to make a sale that could backfire on us. There is a lot that needs to be discussed in advance of forming either the marriage or the business partnership. And I think those core values being shared are just so important because it leads to the other element that I think is critical, and that's trust. If I trust you, then if you confront me on something, I'm not threatened by it because the underlying sense that you care deeply about me, our relationship, our business, um, I understand that that's underneath whatever it is you're bringing to me. I think where businesses get into trouble is where we feel we have to be right and the and and somehow make the other person wrong because one of us has to be right as opposed to being curious exploring the thinking behind the other person's position so we can learn from it and come up with a a, a decision a direction that really meets all of our needs i think the the whole trust I I don't think you can underestimate how important that is, because if I have that faith in you and believe that you have my best interests at heart, our company's best interest, then I'm going to be more willing to listen and be open and honest with you. If I don't have that sense of trust, I might withhold my opinion and do something to sabotage the situation. So there, I think those are the key elements. And you know what else, Mark? It just hit me. You need to really genuinely like the other people. (laughs) Just enjoying being in their company because that's a key part, I I think, of a long-term relationship. Do I want to spend a lot of time with this person? Do I enjoy who they are? And so they don't have to be exactly like me. In fact, Paula and Denny and I are really different. Over time, we've come to appreciate each other's differences and not feel threatened by them. I can remember in the early years when Denny would proofread, not, he's not the proofreader, he would edit because he's got a PhD in English. I would be intimidated sometimes by what he would say. 
and and I'd be threatened by it. And I came to realize he's only trying to make it better. So getting my ego out of the way was a big learning for me and a big growth opportunity for me. And I think that's something that can get in the way of many of us. We take personally what somebody is trying to tell us instead of being objective about it. Well, you know, those marriages of convenience also never reach their full potential because it's it's that uh, you know that it, it, it's hard it, it's hard it's hard to it's it's hard to make things work perfectly when there's friction within the relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and never... I'll give you a quick example. My husband and I have been married now for forty-one years. Congratulations! And we're, we're really different too because he's a mechanical engineer. He's always been fascinated by how things work. I'm more fascinated by the people side. So it's been an interesting learning to appreciate and value all the ways that he looks at the details of things that I would overlook. And over the years, coming to appreciate the value of doing that and uh, instead of being annoyed by it, I think this is what gets into um, issues with people is our thoughts how we think about another person and what they do or don't do if it's different from how we would do it. Instead of judging them, looking at what can I appreciate about this person that because they are different from me, they bring different strengths to the relationship. And I think that's what's helped us work over the years is we've gained appreciation for these differences and how to use them to make our relationship stronger. That uh, that uh, it sounds like you could be a marriage counselor too, not just a. Uh, it, it's it's useful and it's useful in every part of your life. So I I understand we've spoken earlier. You that your your tell us a little bit about your uh, love affair with Virginia Tech. Oh, <laughs> well, I did get my undergraduate and master's degree at Virginia Tech in education. Um, I was a classroom teacher for um, a number of years and realized. Oh, and then I moved into uh, school board office administration in the Blacksburg area of Virginia Tech. And um, I realized, Mark, that just because you have a degree in something and it's what you thought you always wanted to do, uh, it can once you get into it, you can figure out, oops, this isn't really what I wanted. So that willingness to be open and change, I ended up leaving education. Um, because I didn't do politics or bureaucracy very well and went out on my own and um, have enjoyed that journey as an entrepreneur for many years. Just You know, you see, you know, without getting involved of, of the political opinion, whether it's right, you see so many divisive issues. You see right now as we're filming this, you see the war going on in between, between Israel and, the, and uh, Hamas. You see... Uh, issues from abortion to immigration rights to gun rights to every everything else and in between. People are not talking with each other. They're talking past each other. There seems to be almost zero communication in any of these issues. What, what give us some hope that we can we can uh, we, we can we can at least find a, a common language. You know, I think a lot of it goes back to judgment, judgment that I'm right and you're wrong. And if we could keep an open mind, not that we're necessarily going to change our opinion, but we can learn from the other person. 
you know, the whole purpose of the skill of dialogue is coming to understand another person's opinions. And so if we can, with, again, genuine curiosity, not with the desire to judge as wrong once we hear them, but if we ask people who have a different opinion from us, gosh, that's really different than how I have seen the situation. Tell me more about what caused you to conclude what you're thinking so that we take the approach of learning from a person. It isn't to try to change their opinion necessarily or to change our own opinion, but to understand each other and where we're coming from. Because I think so much of the divisiveness and the taking sides comes from one of us has to be right. And so we're we're working hard to win the argument, to take our stand and, and push and force the other person to admit they're wrong and we're right. And none of us likes to be proven wrong. So if we can take a different, bring a different mindset, a different attitude to a conversation and say, I want to learn from this person so that I can then share my perspective and what my opinion is based on. So we approach the conversation with a willingness to learn from each other and to understand. I think that makes a huge difference in how the conversation goes. I mean, I took the the three words I've taken away so far, curiosity, judgment, and uh, learning from the other person. I think those are those are, are three things I, I so far have massively taken away from this. Who are the types of clients that uh, work best with you? To describe, you know, is it just describe who are, you know who should be contacting you to talk about the the assessment tool or the development uh, tools that you have? Yeah, you know, Mark, it's really organizations that are already committed to helping people develop their full potential and grow whether it's um, a, you know, a leader advancing in the organization or just an individual employee, that if the leadership is interested in helping people become better versions of themselves, they're our ideal clients because they already believe in the importance of their people to the success of their business. And so being able to help them become even stronger, our company is Grow Strong Leaders. And it's the idea of believing in growing people and giving attention to them. So somebody that's a command and control person or organization wouldn't be as good a fit because they don't have that belief in people being able to think for themselves and being able to work autonomously. And so that's the kind of organization, a great place to work kind of um, organization. And could I add two other words that I think are so important in this world? And that is circling back to your very first question to me, love and service. This idea of how can I serve this person who's in front of me? One of my favorite questions ever from any book I've ever read, this came from The Prosperous Coach by Steve Chandler and Rich Lippin. And the question is, and you will love this question because of who you are. How can I serve this person so powerfully that they never forget our conversation for the rest of their life? Wow. Wow, that is is very powerful. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. How can I 
Yeah. How can I serve this person so powerfully that they never forget our conversation for the rest of their life? And the reason that jumped out of the page to me is because it caused me to think at an even deeper level about any interaction that I have with someone. Because when you think about it, if I'm talking about myself, that's not something they're going to remember the rest of their lives. What will they remember? How I listened to them, how they felt as a result of being in conversation with me. So bringing that curiosity, bringing that sense of love and service to them so they feel it in our interaction and they sense that I care about them through the questions that I ask the things that I remember that they've already said, and maybe I hold up to them something about themselves that they had not seen before or appreciated before. And they'll remember that because it's about them and it's about helping them be better. So whether it's a prospective client, an employee, or anyone in your life, if you can come to the conversation with that sense of purpose, it, it makes a huge difference in who you are being in that conversation. Um, a last question I would just have is, is uh, what, so, so what's next? Uh, you, do you guys have another 32 years in you? What, what is the, uh, what is the next, uh, what, is, what is the next you know, iteration? It's funny. People ask me, because uh, most of my siblings are retired. And I don't think about that because I have this deep purpose of helping to heal some of the pain that's in organizations, that's in families around not knowing how to communicate. So we have a big goal to have an impact on a million people in the way that they interact with each other. So they transform their relationships at work and at home so that they don't have to have these uncomfortable um avoidance situations or or difficult conversations that they don't know how to handle because they don't know how to be in communication with someone else and we want to have a real impact on well i want to i want to thank you for spending time with me Uh, every time i talk to you i feel like i got smarter uh and uh uh you know uh, but that's not the case with everybody um and uh uh, but, it, but it certainly is the case with you. And I just thank you for uh, coming into my life. I appreciate you. And uh, I'm just looking forward to to seeing what's next in, for Meredith Bell and, uh, and everything else going on in your world. So thank you so much, Meredith. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the episode today on the Hero of the Hour podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe on whichever platform you are listening to this on. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share the podcast episode with them. You can catch the show notes for this episode and more at www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to check out the other great books and resources on the website while you're there. Once again, it's www.markbmurphy.com forward slash podcast. All links can be found in the description below. We look forward to serving you on the next episode. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS or Guardian, and opinions stated are their own. Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. 
OSJ, 200 Broad Hollow Road, Suite 405, Melville, New York, 11747, 631-589-5400. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Northeast Private Client Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0B36048. Arkansas Insurance License Number 741545. Expiration and submission numbers located in the show notes.